and Adam Sandler. I don't know if we're going live. Are we? Hey, what's picture, up? Wait, I just said you, we're live. Hi, everyone out you, at home. Wait, you took we're control doing, of yes, this. Yes, I sure did. What because just somebody happened? had to. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. Uh, it's a madhouse today. Always. I'm going to give you this act now. You did that on the fly. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> like you ad libbed that. That was not. I sure did. That was not scripted. That was not planned. You just kind of just jumped in there and was like, I have to take control of the moment. Creighton. Every now and then, man. I mean, that's growth. That's initiative. <laughs> I want us to be very clear it's PTSD. It's not growth. This is not a good reaction. This is a coping mechanism. Okay, so let's like formally start the show. I'm going to hit some music. We'll get some some music rolling. And uh, welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is called Calvary 316. If you're local, come check us out. Our Sunday service is at 1030. If you're not local but looking for a church, you can check out online our live stream. Uh, again, 1030 uh, is on two different platforms, facebook.com slash Calvary 316, or our YouTube channel, which you can find at calvary316.live. Again, that's calvary316.live. You can learn all about the church, our, our vision, our mission, whatnot, uh, by going to calvary316.com. Uh, I will say, Creighton, I want to do an episode, so just make a note. This just came to my mind. Okay. I, I had somebody uh, on the, the church Facebook page, some rando, uh, leave a, a, a message um, saying, hey, I'm looking for <clears throat> like a detailed uh, statement of faith, like what do you guys believe, etc. And and in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, sure, let me let me find it. We don't actually have one, um, surprisingly. Now, if you do go to like the church the membership page, there's a full explanation of like our theology and whatnot, our statement of beliefs on that. But I thought what would be fun, and maybe you can file this in the archive for an episode. And you guys, and I'll introduce you in a moment. But like, we could do like a, a doctrinal episode of like, what do we believe? Why do we? Why do we believe it? Uh, we'll do an outlaw radio episode of that where I talk about our doctrine, the things that we believe, why we believe them. Maybe we do two episodes, and then we can create a page on the church site where we can just post the video, and we'll be good. Now, I will say this is how I handled it. I I I uh, messaged the guy back again. I have no idea who this is. Um, and I said, hey, man, actually, it's kind of embarrassing. We really don't have a good page for that. We just kind of have, honestly, it's really blasé, and, and, and it's not very specific, but it's just the website. Um, that being said, uh, if you would like, uh, drop your number. Let me know when I can call you. I'll call and spend as long as you'd like talking theology because there's nothing I would like to do more than do that. So, like, you can have a personal conversation with the pastor, and I will tell you, I will answer any question you have about our theology, about our, our approach to ministry, about our doctrinal positions on whatever you want to discuss. It hasn't taken me up on it, but I figured that was a good retort to the fact that our website, like the pastor voluntarily was like, I'll spend as long as you like on the phone uh, answering your questions. I like that idea. And it's funny because I've actually No, been I don't chewing... like that idea moving forward because I don't no, want to no, be no, doing no. that course, all the time. I wasn't mean, I didn't mean that. I meant the idea of doing the, the an episode, an episode like on yeah. our doctrinal statement. It's funny because I've spent the last couple of weeks chewing on an idea that I haven't figured out quite how to present for Outlaw Radio. And that is doing a time capsule style, essentially what we believe, to like for posterity for after the rapture. Like, oh, like a post-rapture like episode. A, like, hey, you guys are wondering what's, what's going, going on. on. <laughs> That's like, a whole other episode. Is. But <laughs> I thought that, that would be really cool, too. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Like, ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. Hey, breaking news. We're not here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me explain what's happened. And, and what you need to know moving forward. What's a, let me give you a timeline of events in your future. Yeah. <laughs> Hunker down, bucko. Just go read. Yeah. Just go read the Left Behind books. This is Don't good. do that. It'll take, you, it'll take you way too long. More than I, seven you'll get years. Left Behind again. Yeah, you'll get Left Behind again. Yeah. Jesus will come back, and you'll still be reading the Left Behind. Yeah. No, that's a great. You know, again, we've got like a whole other month of episodes here. Uh, we're we're rolling through June, and then we're taking the month of July off. Um, we have an interesting comeback episode that I won't yes. mention because we've got to convince her to do it. Um, yeah, we're still working on we're that. We're still working on that, and that'll take a lot of prayer <laughs> and manipulation uh, to convince her to do it. Um, but, okay, you know what? I'll just, get, I'll just throw this out there. I would like my wife to give her story. You'd have to be out of the room. I would like my wife to give her story of what yeah. she went through. Everyone's heard my story. 
Uh, by the way, let me just very quickly let yeah, me just introduce the rest of the characters here. Uh, we've got and uh, and uh, in camera two, we've got Nicholas Monty and Dill Daddy Derek. What's up, fellas? So, how's, uh, hey, how's the golf game? You guys are, are hey, new man. golfers. Every day, getting better. struggling some days, <laughs> yeah, good some days. Getting a lot of shots regardless. We're practicing, all all the practicing at least. When yeah. someone asks you, "Hey, how was your round?" You're like, "I got my money's worth." Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we played. We played. I got my money's worth. I'm playing and, a lot. Of and golf. then we're also joined. Uh, and and uh, the preview was at camera four. We're joined yes, by uh, Spice Daddy. Justin, Daddy. how you doing? Doing good. Uh, Calvary Chapel, uh, we believe every other weekend, every other Sunday, we sacrifice goats. So that's a that's a plus <laughs> for our church. We sacrifice um, goats. Why would we? Oh, we do we do rams because yeah, that's what rams. God did. Yeah. When he <laughs> we also take the father's first child, and he has to bring the child up to them first, and wait for the angel to come down to him and tell him to stop. That's right. We do, a, we, we do have a whole, the ram provided. We do a, a sacrifice Sunday. Yeah, but we do. We do everyone sacri- has to sacrifice their firstborn. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We see right. who God stays the hand. Right. We're running out of kids fast. Like su- the yeah, Sunday school is kind of boring. Sometimes it's the Lord's the only like, way- yeah, this one. Sometimes he's not. It's, it's the like- it's the only way to thin to to, to keep children's ministry under control <laughs> um, our church yeah yeah so spice daddy brings the nonsense that's kind of your thing although i want to i want to very quickly he's going to get embarrassed so justin was not able to be at church this weekend because he had the opportunity to do the, like this this gun shooting course and on sunday the particular emphasis of it, it was like a weekend thing was was yoga poses with a firearm. Now, I just want to cut back to Justin very quick because I want the audience to just imagine yoga poses. This is me. No, I told I told the trainer, I was like, if I ever have to get in this situation, I'm just going to Leroy Jenkins this. Yeah. Forget this. I'm running straight at the guy. Leroy I can take Jenkins. four bullets before I feel That's it. That's right. Yeah. We're also joined by a good friend of ours, uh, a regular, fills in when Kyle... You know, is being lame and has to do other things. Uh, <laughs> we got Vinny Himes. How you doing, my friend? Doing great. Glad to be here. I tell you, you know, you've cleaned up the beard. You're high and tight on the sides. You got the fade going. You're a country boy band star. Well, that was that was not by choice. So I go to sports clips, and you know, they keep little <laughs> notes on your hair and beard. And so I got one of the new girls. And she read the hair thing. She's like, I got this. She did the hair thing. She read the beard notes. She's like, I'm not doing that. And she threw the clippers on and just took it off. Oh man! Oh, so man. she just killed it. Oh man! Yeah, we were. I was. It looks. What she started in the middle, good, and no, you were like, a, "Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa!" We, we were both surprised together. <laughs> it looks good. Yeah. Listen, man, your your wife is is pleased. Yeah, very. Yeah, yeah. Your your wife can't keep her hands off of you, so you, yeah. you you really don't have room for complaint. No zero complaints. So going back to so you know we're we're trying. I like I would love. So this past weekend, I had the opportunity. This past week, I had the opportunity to go to Calvary Chapel, Philadelphia for the East Coast Calvary Chapel Conference. A lot of you knew that I was doing this and were praying for me. I so appreciate it. Uh, this was the second time I've had the opportunity uh, to share my story, and, I, and I've kind of taken my story. So if you want to know what happened to me, the best way is to go back to, I think it's called The Elephant in the Room. It's it's the first episode. So like we took like a five-month hiatus with yeah, no Yeah, one of our members wasn't hanging around. Right, we just like tapped out. And then it was like the first episode back was like middle of April. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm skeletal. Um, but we were Damn like, ball. hey, why haven't we not been on air for a while? And I couldn't move the mic. You'd have to position it for me. I was pressing buttons for you. You were pressing yeah. buttons, which was a which disaster. Which was the wrong button. Which was a disaster. <laughs> was, yeah, that was a disaster. Um, but we, um, you know, so that was, but that was like the first time. And again, it was early on where I didn't have to tell my church what was going on. They knew. They lived it. Um, and then with Outlaw Radio, we gave that episode. Um, I had been given the opportunity, um, beginning of May, what was it, the end of April, beginning of May, to go to Kansas City to share my testimony yeah. um, to a, a men's conference, which was such a blast. And it gave me an opportunity in a smaller, more intimate environment uh, to kind of like work through how I wanted to do this. Because I knew I was going to be doing this at Calvary Philly with the East Coast Calvary Chapel Conference, which was a massive crowd. I've never spoken... Uh, to a, a sea of people that large. Um, CC Philly's huge. It's it's massive. There were at least 2,000 people in the Who, sanctuary. Who's the pastor over there? Joe, Joe Foch. Joe Foch. Um, also Mike Foch, you yeah. know, in tandem. <laughs> um, uh, Joe does Sundays. Mike's now doing doing Wednesdays. And I, I go years back with, with Mike, which, by the way, he hooked me up 
with a ton of of CH Macintosh material. Nice, awesome. Nice. Like went to the bookstore and of course just, you like did. pulling stuff out, and I was like, Mike, I can't. I, it was like I I only have a carry on. I don't know yeah. how I'm getting all these books home. <laughs> Thank you, Mister Mike. <laughs> yeah. So my brother Nick uh, used his business, which I won't mention. They they mail stuff everywhere. He's like, oh, I'll just send these to you. So they're going to show up tomorrow. That's <laughs> he, awesome. He mailed them for me. Anyway, so. You know, I had the opportunity to share my story uh, in, in Kansas City. Uh, I changed it a bit and kind of made it a Bible study. And I did this at, at Calvary Philly, again, the East Coast Conference, so well received. But I, I make this statement multiple times. Like, it's, it, yes, it's, I have a story to tell. That's true. But the more powerful story to all of this is my wife, man. Um, I slept through it all. Like, the hard stuff, I was out. Like, it was kind of like, hey, Jess, you deal with this. I'm going to go nappy nap. You didn't know you were dying until you woke up. I also didn't know I was dying until not only I woke up, but, like, way later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But but my wife, man, has such... And you guys, I mean, we're all all friends. You guys are close to us. You've heard heard a little bit of Jessica. You guys were living it with her. I wasn't. You were. You know, that woman has a story to tell. And I think it's a powerful story. And there was the whole... Crazy bracelets that went kind of viral, and there was the but God slogan, um, you know, because that was Jessica's refrain. She would get bad news, and it was like, but God. And like, what a, that woman has a story. And so we really want, again, guys, y'all pray. <laughs> uh, we would really love to come back from our July break with the first episode in August uh, being Jessica telling her story. And um, she's a very private person, and I'm not going to pressure her, but I think that would be a lot of fun, so... I have to say, just pivoting here, you know, Creighton uh, a little while ago discovered that he's Italian. <laughs> and um, and so we joked about this. We created an email address, PopeCreighton at gmail.com. Easiest way to get in touch uh, with the Outlaw Radio Show. By the way, Walter from South Africa, your shirt is in the mail. Yes. It is in the mail. Now, we can't control the South African Postal Service. So we just pray that sometime before 2024... You might get your outlaw radio <laughs> shirt. Um, but Creighton, you've really embraced the whole Pope Creighton theme. We, we've moved from a Pope hat to now you're like a full-blown soccer Italiana fan. He races. Oh, yeah. yeah like, yeah. what in the world? Yeah, yeah. Like, I like the old Italia thing. Now, let it's me ask the motherland, you, when, man. When did you buy this hat? Uh, about 35 minutes after I got the 23andMe Results. Did you really? Oh yeah. yeah, it was one of the first things I did. Was like, I've got to find a great hat that I can start wearing that is over the top and hysterical because I obviously do not look Italian. <laughs> Dude, honestly, seeing you it's in fantastic. it the first time too, it didn't even like. I didn't even question it. I kind of just thought it was normal. I was like, oh, that's a cool hat, and I was like, it's Italy on it. That's great. <laughs> it doesn't. So it's not great. unfitting. Like it's not bad. What's funny is Crane's been walking around eating Caesar salads and drinking olive oil. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we went to the pool and Crane's like basking himself in olive oil. You know that's how the Romans clean themselves. Thank you for that. Of course you yeah. know that. <laughs> they would cover themselves in olive oil and have a slave scrape it off with a slightly dull knife. Yeah. That's how they bathed. Yeah. So we that's have a topic. A we have I a topic. We have a topic I for tonight. Dirty. Yeah. What did you say? I, said, I, I feel, feel a lot more dirty. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> you slicked up now and go slide against the floor. So I turned 40 on Monday. Oh, wow. Old man. I know. And the, and so we had a potluck on Sunday and the church totally blessed me. I pulled up. I turned the corner and I'm thinking, oh, someone threw a bunch of garbage on the churchyard. That was my first thought. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to clean up a bunch of garbage. Then I pull up and it's this big happy... 40th birthday, <laughs> Pastor Zach sign. And they turned the potluck that we had scheduled. That tells you his eyesight's going bad. If you saw it from afar, couldn't tell it what it no, was. No, you couldn't. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, couldn't tell what it was. Trash. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My eyes have been bad for years. <laughs> the uh, But the church turned the potluck into a uh, uh, kind of a birthday celebration. birthday celebration. And then we went to the pool. And, uh, you know, I was when Jessica was putting some sunscreen on my back, I was kind of goofing off. Mm-hmm. Mistake. This whole right side is like is totally burnt. Oh, is it really? <laughs> like, like this shoulder's totally fine because this was the side she was goofing off spraying me with. This side, yeah, burnt to a crisp. So <laughs> I got my good red base tan, so we'll I feel great for the summer. There good. you go. Um, so we were talking before uh, before we went live, which by the way we've always joked about. So as soon as we go off air, 
you know, everybody kicks back and like, there's a whole new conversation that happens. And we've thought about doing like outlaw radio after dark, but we're not sure that that's going to pass most Christian communities. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Like it's too real. We're all very real. comfortable it's with each real. other. And it's always based on what we were talking about. It just like goes to a whole nother level. It does. And it's like, man, we should have done that on air or just let the cameras running. Maybe we'll do that one day. But beforehand, Vinny was hanging and was telling us the story um, that, you know, uh, there's a, a guy that he's been ministering to, he's been witnessing to. It's, it's, a, it's a cool backstory that we don't have tons of time for. But um, I just thought the way that it played out and the question that this seeker, and I don't even, could you call him a seeker? He is in his own way seeking. Yeah, he's, he's chosen to deny. He was in the church and then left the church. And now I believe is on his way back to church, I hope. Well, can you take it? You take it from there, because I want to start. We have a topic for tonight, but I want to start with this exchange that happened, and and I want to kind of unpack that a little bit because I think it's so relevant, it's so real, it's so raw. Um, I think it will resonate with a lot of the people that are either watching on the live stream, and again, you can watch um, uh, uh, facebook.com slash the radio outlaw, or you can go to our YouTube channel, which is uh, outlawradio.live. Um, and again, you can submit comments and questions on the threads, or you can always email us at pokecrayton at gmail.com, uh, easy ways. But I just felt like when we were talking about it, again, this was off air, this was before, this had nothing to do with the episode. It was just, we were catching up. And this is a guy that, that I've met, I've been praying for, and uh, and I just at one point was like, hey, we should start with this because I think it would really, whether you're a believer or not, this is going to connect with you. So so Vinny, kind of take it, kind of explain. Give us the backstory, as right. much details as you feel comfortable with, but then you can definitely land with the question itself. Sure. Yeah. So this very, very, very good friend of mine, uh, we've been hanging out for years, and uh, his views were very clear. My views are very clear, and it's fine. It's never been a problem. But here lately, it's been a lot of questions. And, are you and cuddling with one of the pillows on the couch? I am. It's kind of like a dog. You're, like, cuddling <laughs> with the pillow. Yeah. Like it's got You're like the last person I would have thought that would have been sitting there cuddling with he the pillow. Dogs. If, if I don't dogs. sit under the pillow, I have to sit in the crack, and then it looks like Justin's my daddy because I sink into the couch like 10 inches. <laughs> we do call him Spice Daddy for a reason. <laughs> yeah. All right, sorry. That was, yeah, all right. So we are, we are sitting on a, a back patio in Washington, D.C. at an Airbnb, and we're having a cigar and a little nightcap, and... He says to me, he says, so this is, uh, this is Easter weekend. And I was like, you know, kind of traveling, just lose track of time, what day of the week it is. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, it is. He's like, so this is technically Good Friday. I'm like, it literally is Good Friday. And he says, so, uh, and this is, there's, it's, it's always a trap being set. So I get to either fall into it or, or answer it very quickly. And he says, so if, uh, if you believe in all this, then do you believe that the thief on the right-hand side of Jesus, when, when Jesus said, you're going to be with me in the kingdom of heaven, do you believe that really happened? And I said, I don't have a choice to it. It happened. We were told that it happened. And he says, so the Bible's irrelevant. Well, to that particular guy in that particular situation, the Bible's completely irrelevant. Uh, there's no other answer because... We don't know that guy's history. We don't know his life. We don't know if he grew up in the church or ever went to church. We just know that he was being hung on a cross as a thief, and he went to heaven with Jesus. So it was a funny trap and a very easy one to answer and kind of upset him a lot. And uh, I don't know. It was, just, it was very funny in the instance. It, it kind of even upset my wife because she didn't feel like I should say that the Bible is irrelevant, but it's not that the Bible is irrelevant, obviously, we as believers, we study the word and, you know, but that guy didn't have a chance. And so it really upset him when I answered it that way. Now, I, now, ultimately, we're going we're gonna to unpack the yeah. answer. But ultimately, how did the story end with, with that gentleman? Um, like, he came back around and, and like, came back yeah, out and was like, hey. He got pretty upset, left, and then came back, and we, we literally stayed up all night talking. I mean, we talked till 5 o'clock in the morning, and... We kind of got away from the silly hypotheticals and more into the meat and potatoes, and that was great. And so, you know, what did that teach you about one-on-one evangelism? That sometimes 
the question's not always about the question, right? Right. And and it's a deflection of, of deeper things. A hundred percent. And the biggest thing that I prayed very quickly because I seen it coming, you know, I just told God, I said, use me as your instrument, speak through me, because I'm an idiot and I'll screw this all up. And he one thousand percent did. It was literally not me answering his questions anymore at that point. And I think that's what upset him so bad in the beginning is he was dropping traps quick and I was answering him equally as quick and, and he wasn't getting what he wanted. And, uh, and I, when he stormed off and left and came back, I told him, I was like, man, you're arguing with God. You're not arguing right. with times. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm just the vessel at this point. Whatever you need to hear is going to come out of my mouth. I hope. And it did. And so it was a really good night. It was a great trip. And, uh, you know, it's come up a lot since then, so there's definitely growth and, and change happening, and we'll just see where it goes. Now, I want to I want to actually step back to something that uh, that you said about the story, where, you know, so you answered him, and he got really upset because it was like you weren't giving him his out, and and that's my editorialism on it. Well, because um, there is no out, right? What he's seeking is the truth. But he got he got upset. He got upset about, it. and there's a point in the story again that you told off air where your wife is like. Hey, come in, go to bed. Like, let's tap out for tonight. Like, let's let this go. And and your response to your wife was like, "What? Well, Absolutely you. not." You said no. Absolutely not. And like, why? What, is, what did you follow that up with? I said, "This is not done. There's he's going to come back out here. He's going to have more questions, and I'm going to be here to answer them." And that's exactly what happened. I think you told me, and I quote, "Like my job's not done yet." Yes. Yeah, and it, my job's never going to be done. But that night, it definitely wasn't done. Right. And you know the kind of violent blow up scared her, I think. And she wanted to run away from that situation, which I don't blame her. Yeah. And, uh, and your kids were also there too. And and there's other things involved, but right. But it was, you know, as he stormed off and and was going to leave, you know, I, I threw up a quick prayer. Like, do I need to follow? And it was very obvious. Be still. Yeah. Right. Be still. Don't move. Don't talk. Just listen. And he came back, hugged it out, apologized, a bunch. He felt very bad and, uh, love him to death. Like I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. The, uh, let me, let me ask. This is a totally different direction than, than the conversation we even had off air, but I think it's so relevant. Um, man, this, this could be a whole thing. Like, <laughs> here we go. Buckle up boys. Didn't see this Buckle up. So, so let me, let me ask, um, in the moment, of of kind of the evangelistic opportunity. Like the key and again and you're recounting on on air but even going back to what you shared off air. Um man you keep coming back to like this idea of the Holy Spirit. And like the whole like you're praying Lord this can't be my words. I don't know what's going on deeper. You know I need your spirit give me your, like, like I have to, like, even like I should leave or not leave. Should I follow him or not follow? Like the whole experience that you had was like, okay, Lord, I need to be your hands, your feet, your mouth. But that means that you have to be really involved. Yeah. And, but you experienced, man, I would call it like the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in, in an evangelistic opportunity. Right. A hundred percent. And you couldn't do it otherwise. No. And I didn't want to, like, I was more scared of opening my stupid mouth and saying something wrong. And that's why, you know, I reached out to God. I was like, please just take over. Like literally Jesus, take the wheel. Like, I don't (laughs) want to do this. I'm, I'm tired. It's two o'clock in the morning. I want to go to bed. My wife wants to go to bed. Like, I don't want to sit out here and do this right now. And, and he was getting a little bit violent, which is fine. I'm not scared of that, but, um, just the simplest, there was no, long drawn out prayer or anything like that. It was literally me and God talking like, yo, what do I do? Sit still follow? Like, do I chase him down? Yeah. Uh, do I shut up and just sit here? And it was just be still and couldn't have been any more clear because the guy in me, the protector in me wanted to jump up and run and yeah, yeah. getting involved. But the Holy spirit in me instantly made it very clear that that was not the right move. And it wasn't the night Mm. would have been disastrous if I had, followed my human intent and chased him down, you know, instead I just sat there all awkward on this back patio by myself <laughs> right. af- after a patio table just got flipped over and 
bourbon glasses went flying and I'm just sitting here all awkward like well God said sit still so here we are and I, I do remember having a really goofy grin on my face that I couldn't get rid of but it was just because I was I was being told what to do and I was being told what was going to happen and so the goofy grin was waiting for him to come back through the house back through the door I mean, he got in his truck and was leaving he was heading to Ohio he didn't want anything to do with DC he was done with this trip done with religious people is what he said and uh 20 minutes of pouting later, he came back out and it played out exactly as God intended it to. So it's uh, always easier to let the Holy Spirit work than trying to do it ourselves. And that's something that's taken me, it took me 35 years to learn that. You know, I tried to control my own life all through my 20s and it was a disaster. You know, I would pray and pray and pray. God, let me be successful. God, let me do what's right. God, put me where you need me. But then I wouldn't listen and I would never follow through. I would just zing, this is Vinny's path. I'm going to go over here and try this. Disaster. You know, God, help me with this. Okay, we'll go this way. No, I think it's over here still. And I'd take off, and it was just always disaster. And so I would say the last five years of my life, I've really stopped trying to control my world, stopped trying to control my successes, you know, financially or whatever. I'm just, I've finally completely and utterly given it up. And God's doing a great job. He's doing way better than I did for 30 years. Right, right. <laughs> well, you know, I think I think the interesting application to that, and I want you guys' feedback on the story, but just my first observation in it, is that, you know, I think one of the things that really hinders people from engaging the world, uh, one of the things that, that, whether it be like a coworker that you become close with, but you, you know they're not a believer and you're looking for an opportunity you know, you're, 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 you're wanting to be, you know, I, I think we, as Christians, we all have the desire to be, you know, an influence and, and to be used by the Lord, but it's like, how does this work? And we try to figure it out. And so there's a coworker or neighbor or, or someone like a fellow parent on the ball team or whatever it happens to be. And, um, and, and there's this, this kind of this struggle with, um, like, how does this play out? And we get, we get a little scared. We get a little worried. Like the Holy Spirit is is good at what he does. Um, and, and you you look back to the book of Acts, everything that's ordained in the book of Acts, you're gonna find and the Holy Spirit. Like you're gonna find mm-hmm. like like the book of Acts is you know, like most like traditional Bibles will say the Acts of the Disciples. Yeah. You know? No, it's not. The book of it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the disciples. The disciples are just instruments of the Holy Spirit. It's it's a book of, of actions. By the Holy Spirit. That's what the book is. It's the Holy Spirit moving. It's the Holy Spirit working. And it's people learning and, and a process of how, to, of how to rely on the Holy Spirit. I think about that scene early on, man. Peter has preached at Pentecost. And then, and then, and then they, you know, Peter and John run across the, 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 the beggar, right? And, and, and they're like, he's wanting to be healed. Uh, we know he's wanting alms. And they're like, silver and gold we don't have. But in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And I'm like, that's a pivotal moment. Because what did they have? They actually had a lot of silver and gold at that point. Because before that, at the end of chapter 2, the entire church community had pulled all their financial resources. They had money. They actually had silver and gold. But that's not what the man needed. You know, and then they say, rise in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And like, and the, but the, it's the Holy Spirit. So Vinny, I, I you know I'm encouraged by your story, not so much by what you did or how it ended up, but just like the the, the details, you know the the um, the details within the margins of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Justin, I you, you were looking like you wanted to jump in. Yeah, I, I think it it goes. It kind of reminds me of uh, sometimes the Holy Spirit puts you in, in places where you just don't want to be there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the the dude that had to witness the Saul of Tarsus after like, Ananias. Was, yeah, Ananias. He's like, He's like you want character. me to do what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, yeah. And it kind of goes back to you know I was watching your uh, your, your testimony from the Philadelphia okay, cool. conference, and you said something I've said plenty of times before. I was like, once you become a Christian, you give up your right to. To choose, like, I want to be here. I, I, I want to be here. I want to be there. Like you, I'm so sorry, I didn't. I didn't quote it, you. Well, you didn't, but but I've said stuff like that before. You've said stuff like we. You well, come a serious believer yeah. has said stuff. You yeah. come to that reality. You come to that reality. Yeah. I have 
no say over what situation I'm getting put in, but God put me here for a reason. And, and, and sometimes you're just the right person for the job. And sometimes you're not. He just wants you to be there to. Sometimes you're just yeah. planting a seed that somebody else will water. Right. And sometimes you're just there at the, the, the right time. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's what it boils down to. And I think, uh, in terms of like witnessing to other people, like I'm not very good at a lot of things, but I've been in a lot of places. I've just been there. Yeah. I've been available to, to be there. And, and I think that's, that's what a lot of believers, especially those that are shy of telling people about their faith and telling people about, uh, about God and, and Jesus and stuff like that. Just be there. Yeah. God, I, God will speak through hundred percent. And well, then think about in your exact situation at that point too. It's like, what does the Lord call us to do? He calls us to be slow to anger, quick to listen, slow to speak. So in that exact moment, like you were talking about, if you would have been quick to speak on your own accords, like it probably would have gone away, but you were present in that moment, full of spirit, just immediately just gave it up to him, let him take over and do that. Like that's exactly what the Lord calls us to do. And like, how hard is it to do in those types of situations too? Like, I mean, no matter who we come in contact with, but that's always like the hardest thing, being present in that moment and addressing the situation in that way, actually listening, actually being slow to speak slow to anger, everything else. Like you're talking about, like our flesh, what are we quickest to do react? And now we're called to be above that. I want to, I want to build on the Ananias thing because I love him. He's one of my favorite Bible characters. Um, I think that a lot of people have a misunderstanding and Zach, you actually talked, touched on this uh, Sunday morning um, of what it means to evangelize and what it means to be an evangelist and what it means to spread the gospel. Um, You're referring like, to the to the go therefore like the the Great Commission, right? The Great Commission. A lot of people see that as like they need to talk, they need to they need to be hitting like hundreds of people. If they need to be Billy Graham or they need to be nothing. Um, and that, I think that, it's very the interesting. idea of the go. By the way, as a, as an aside, mm-hmm. was straight up Damian Kyle. I listen. Really? I listen to a so bunch good. of Bible studies, and and I gotten you know this that and the other. But Damian Kyle of all of all people and wonderful Bible teacher um, was also at the East Coast Conference. I got to actually hang out with him. I haven't Damien. seen him in years. I got to hang out with you know, He's got a, this gray beard and That's these awesome. big horn rim black glasses. He looks like he's 90 years old, but like the coolest 90-year-old guy you've ever met. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, no. But like his commentary on the go, where it's not like um, like the missional like go, but like as you are going. Like as you are speaks, living life. It speaks to everyone. Like yes. as you're going about whatever it is you're going about doing, this is what you should be doing. I think it's fascinating that, like, I'm pulling from the hip here. But aside from, like, when Jesus was on the earth, most of the conversions I feel like we have in the New Testament are more personable than they are group-oriented. Like, I'm thinking um, the, the, disease, the, disease, the demonically possessed woman in Capernaum, maybe, that Paul got arrested for. The jailer's family, when he was arrested, him and Barnabas, uh, obviously Ananias and Saul. Like a lot of the times when you see people evangelizing in the New Testament, it is to a person or a small group of people as opposed to like the, the big day of Pentecost thing. I think that people should take that more as a, as a thing that they can do. It's I think you should the- be less intimidated because we see it all the time. It's just you talking about your God to people um, and you don't have to be talking to everyone, you don't even need that much theology. Like with Jesus and the thief on the cross. Right. It's if you believe, you will be with me in paradise. Yeah. Well, the great illustration all there is. The great illustration of what you're getting to is Philip, who we know as Philip the Evangelist, because he goes during the persecution of Jerusalem, he leaves Jerusalem. He's one of the deacons, like Stephen, who was martyred, and he goes to Samaria and there's a great revival. Like, he's known as Philip the Evangelist. Mm -hmm. And then God comes to him in the midst of this incredible work. All these people. All these people, masses. Like, again, the counter-argument. He goes, and and we're given one of those descriptions like Pentecost. Like, everybody's getting saved. Like, it's massive. And then, But then God counters that by like, hey, yo, bro, I have something else for you. I need you to go to a deserted road in the desert on the way from Jerusalem to Gaza. I have a reason. Philip's like, all right. And the evangelist of the multitudes mm-hmm. goes to be now the evangelist 
of one man, the Ethiopian. Yes. Who then, by the way, goes back to Ethiopia, and there's an entire Christian legacy that mm-hmm. happens in Ethiopia because of the ministry of the ministry of one micro evangelism. You know, you don't have to evangelize everyone. Find one person. Now, I think that gets often confused with people that say, "Oh, you should." They should see the Christian, and you shouldn't. You don't need to. Oh, like tell the them excuse of not evangelizing. Yeah, not evangelizing. Oh, yeah, I agree. Just let your actions speak louder than your words. Which is a huge movement right now. I mean, right. I think and, it's, an, it's a cop out. Right, and and oftentimes what happens if 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 you're a believer, they're going to find out pretty quickly. I mean, especially in, in my, my chosen field of study and stuff like that, I was generally the only Christian in there. Mm-hmm. But with usually within a few weeks, they said, "Hey, there's something different about you." Like they just know, but like it, it wasn't that I was intentionally doing that. But the opportunity came up. It's that verse says, "Be ready to give, mm-hmm. give example, give yeah. give testimony to the the hope that's inside of you." And and I I think they go hand in hand. So I mean, Jesus is going to change your life. He's going to make you act differently than everybody else. But they're going to ask, why are you different? So the question the question ends up centering. So every time we close the service at Calvary 316, like our ministry model is, a, is, a, is very different from most. Um, our church does not exist. The Sunday service does not exist for evangelism. Our Sunday service exists to equip evangelists. Mm-hmm. It's to equip the saints. We're a church for Christians. So that you come, you're ministered to, and then the ministry of our church happens when you leave individually into your great commission, whatever that looks like. And I'll say, hey, don't just tell someone about Jesus. Demonstrate Jesus to someone. But the two have to go hand in hand. Because if you're living the life of Christ, but your words are not matching it, then is there a testimony? Same as vice versa. And say and and but if your if your words are saying a testimony but your life isn't validating it, well you're a hypocrite. It has to be that combination. I think it's so insightful, Justin. It has to be that combination of both. And it like, I'm goes, speaking, but I'm living. Right. It, it kind of goes both. back to what Vinny, his story, was telling us off, off air, like what the the answers that guy was looking for. And you can kind of allow, you know what I'm talking. About, the, the elaborate. He was like, I've asked thirty people. Yeah. You're the only one that's. Yeah, there was a hypothetical. Put put in front of me that was pretty drastic and violent. Oh, in you nature. can share it. You can share and, it. And don't let us get back to the original question, by the way. Yeah, make so sure we circle back to that. One of the hypotheticals he hit me with was if if I came home from work one day and and found that he had murdered my wife and two daughters and and done horrible things to them, uh, what would I want to see happen to him? And you know, my once again, he always hits me with these questions when you're like two bourbons in, like man. <laughs> I'm just not, chilled out, relaxed. I'm not at my most articulate right now, but I looked at him and I said, so the hypothetical is my wife and kids are dead, right? And he's like, yeah, they're, they're dead. Can, so you I'm not, pause, I, can you pause real yeah. quick? Because I need to add a caveat. Um, just for those that might have heard that statement and, and found that to be an awkward thing, like, let me ask you this. If you were not two bourbons in, would you be having a conversation with this person at all? Not those kind of conversations. No, no, no. Because he no. wouldn't be in a comfortable enough state. To oh, he bring wouldn't. It up. Like if you were like, nah, man, I don't, I don't drink. He, oh yeah, he wouldn't even talk to. He me. wouldn't be on your back deck. No. Like so, not like, not not to say like you're drinking for evangelistic purposes. That's no, not what I'm saying. not at all. But like, like Jesus was accused of gluttony because he went and hung out with people. Right. And like, and that created an avenue. And being a wine bibber. They right. called him a wine bibber. <laughs> so um, and and we're not. But you see what I'm saying? Like I'm not saying you're getting hammered, but I just yeah, want to no, add the caveat, the, like. Like you being down to earth, this guy comes over to your house yeah. and brings a bottle of something and is like, Hey, I want to hang out with you. And you're like, okay, um, I'm going to minister to this guy where he's at. Well, and I, I just wanted even, to add that caveat. Cause I didn't I think even that's so plan important. on that because I didn't bring it up. He did. He <laughs> right. Just, you know, we're sitting there talking about diesel trucks. We're having a cigar, you know, we're having a couple of bourbons. It's from the course of 5 PM to two in the morning. We're, we're conversating. There's eight people out there on the deck and we've all got our little conversations going. And then Joe, you know, he just hits us with this, um, hypothetically, what would you do in the situation? And everybody's kind of like, where did that come from? And so I just told him, honestly, I said, well, at that point, my wife and kids are 
gone in this hypothetical that you've put before me. And uh, I would hope that the authorities have gotten control of you. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to prison, right? You know, I just killed three people. And I'm like, okay. I said, well, I'd spend the rest of my life coming and visiting you in prison. And I don't know how long you have. So hopefully you're receptive and we can save your soul and you get to be in heaven with me and my wife and kids. And his take on that, you know, first he was taken aback. He was just like, man, he's like, I've asked 30 people a similar question over the years. And it's always, I'd put two in your head or, you know, I'd hunt you down or what have you, the, the human emotional response. He's like, you're the first person that's ever answered it that way. And I said, well, what's the point? If at that point in time, I know my wife and kids are in heaven and I will see them again. What is the point of me taking revenge and condemning your soul, you know, or knowing that you're not a believer and I shoot you, you're going where? So why would I want that to play out in that situation if there's a chance that your soul could be saved through my ministry? And he was like, well, would you really want to hang out with me in heaven? I was like, dude, you're one of my best friends. I want to hang out with you for eternity. He's like, even if I killed your wife and kids, I was like, that's no longer a point. It's a moot point. My wife and kids are gone. Like there is still hope for you, the sinner. And I'm going to focus on that till the day I die or you die. And he's like, so you want to hang out in heaven with the guy with a bunch of rapists and murderers. And I said, it beats the heck out of hanging out in hell with all of them. There's a couple re- revised <laughs> ones in heaven. It's I'd almost, like to hang out it's with almost them. like, you know, this, this group of people that, that killed their God. They can hang bro. out with them. You know, yep. that, that, that kind of situation <laughs> never happens. Oh, what a The spice daddy nails it. People ask those kind of questions like that, yeah. expecting the answer. Yeah, me as a human want, wants revenge. Yeah. <laughs> but when you start thinking about a God in heaven who sends his only son and who chooses to die for me just so I can spend time, not just die, but essentially me killing him. Yeah. He willingly lets me do that so I can hang out with him in heaven. Like, <laughs> what, what that you literally is the hypothetical. Right? It, is. That, it literally uh, is. The entire point. It's yeah. the entire point. And it often goes over non-believers' heads. And it's, it's, it's a, stu- it, it's a hard grace. thing to grasp, it that is. kind of concept. It, it is. is. So, so I, let me, I, I just, Nick, you had something you were I was just going to say, the one, of the, the hardest thing for evangelism, per, like for us, is like the mess up, saying the wrong thing. I don't know what, something well enough. Right, yeah. And stuff like that. Or For like, sure. oh, you asked me a Bible verse. Crap, now i got to look it up on my phone and I'll look like a dummy because I don't know that I don't know Bible the verse, verse right? What yeah. if I stumble? What if I fall? But DG you, talk, God right. wouldn't put, and my answer to that is like, God wouldn't put you there. Right. Like, so you, in your mind as a human, probably doesn't have an answer, but you're there and what's on your mind is probably the right thing to say. Just be truthful, be honest, and share your story. And don't get emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Stick well, to the facts. I mean, if you're honest and completely honest with them and just talking and talking to your story and just talking about God, like you're doing something right. Right. If, like, if you're not going to say something in the wrong tone, if you're, if you're being, if God can send way. a group of his disciples to a place where they don't speak the language and they open up their mouth and they start speaking the language all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think he can take you. Yeah. Who yeah, are me, you know, who's a dumb redneck, who, you know, the, and that that's the thing with the disciples, too. They were essentially dumb, the dumb rednecks of the time. They're fishermen. backwoods fishermen <laughs> yeah. who yeah. didn't like, didn't one of the some of the people like, who are these guys? They're yeah. uneducated. Like, how are they speaking like this? You mean Jesus of Nazareth? Like Nazareth, Nazareth? Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I'm talking about just the... That's I'm a truck stop in the middle of nowhere. Down behind the flying I saw him yeah. at the Waffle House the other night. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. well, and that's been the most fun thing about watching this growth play out with my friend is this guy is way smarter than me. You, Zach, you've had some intellectual conversations with him. He's I've way smarter one. than me. I've had one. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, he's studied theology. He's been through Bible college. He's way smarter than me. And it's funny watching the Holy Spirit work, like answering these questions and answering these very difficult traps that are set. It's been super cool. And let, let me throw out something just as a, um, it is a bit of an aside, but it's related to the conversation. So I'm not trying to pivot anything, but it just, 
came to my mind and, and within the topic of evangelism and Vinny, you, you, you feel this way, you know, Justin, you've been there, you guys, you don't, you're not omniscient. Like you don't know everything. You don't know everything about God. You don't know everything about the person you're talking to. You don't know everything about the universe. You don't know everything about the Bible. And like I, 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 I have found, and this is something that I learned. So I was able to kind of cut my teeth a little bit on evangelism right after September 11th, going to Oceanside, California when I was in Bible college. And uh, I had, I, I just kind of, for the first several times we went, I just listened you know, to some of the, the elder classmen that had kind of done this a little bit. And one of the big things that I, I took away from right off the bat is that there is, um, there is nothing wrong when you're asked a question and you don't know the answer to it to say, I don't have an answer to that. Like, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sitting here talking to you claiming to know everything about everything. I'm just here telling you, like, this is what Jesus did in my life. And this is what I know he can do in your life. And, like, I can answer some of your questions. Hey, we're called to, you know, study yourself. You know, you know study, show yourself approved unto God a workman. Like, we're to learn and grow. But there are times that, like, you know, and again, your, your buddy, you know, he asked some hypothetical questions. And there are times it's like the conversation I had with him, I felt impressed. Like, bro, I don't have an answer to what you're asking. But you do. But you're asking the question because you don't want to address the answers you're denying. Like, what are we like? So, so often the I gotcha questions are deflections. Like they're designed to take the conversation in a direction that that protects them from what's really going on. And so if you're in an evangelistic situation, your number one goal. And again, this goes back to the Holy Spirit. Like, Lord, anytime I go into that conversation, like, Lord, Help me see beyond the question. Help me see beyond the argument. Help me see what's actually going on in this person's life to ask them the right question. You know, the way that the Jews modeled intelligence, it wasn't the answers you gave to questions. It was the questions you asked. That's what showed insight. That's what showed acumen. You're, you don't have to defend Jesus. You know, I think so often we go into evangelistic opportunities playing defense right off the bat. Like we're on the defense, and then we well, get locked into losing arguments because we're on the defense. Well, where in the world did that was that rule engaged? I'll go in a conversation, you know, and this is something I learned. I'd go in and be like, "Okay, you can ask me a question. If I can ask you a question, can we agree on that?" Mm-hmm. And they'll say, "Sure." I was like, "Okay, well, can I ask you a question first, and then I'll answer whatever question you want?" And most of the time, because now you've put them on their heels. They're not going to say no, because then that they puts, lose, they lose. So the response, oh, yeah, sure. Ask me a question. And then right from the, you know, nine times out of 10, they'll never get to your question because either now they're engaged in a real conversation or they're just, they bounce because they don't, they never wanted to have a conversation and whatever question they were going to ask was stupid. Can God create a rock too big? He can't lift. And it's like, you're stupid. Like, ask me a question that's relevant. Like, let's get to real things. Pain, suffering, we can talk about that all day long. That's real. But whatever that is, is is nonsense. So, again, I I just want to, like, interject a little bit just in the topic of evangelism. Don't, Don't ever feel like you have to be on the defense. Go on the offense. That's fine. There's no rules to this. And then the other thing is, like, it's okay to be like, hey, man, I don't actually know how to answer your question. I don't, but you know what? I can take some time. If you, if you, if you'll agree, I'd like to research that. I'd like to look into that. Like, you know, people will throw out, I got you questions about like inerrancy, like conflicts or contradictions in scripture. What's perceived. And it's like, unless you're like really deep into that, like you're not going to know that particular issue, right? It's deflectionary tactics, but then you can just say, Hey, listen, that's a great question. I don't have an answer to it. I actually haven't really looked into that, but let me look into it. Let's get together next week. I'd love to do a little research and come back to you. In the meantime, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about you. Like, again, you don't have to carry that burden. That's what's great about, I think, apologetics and evangelism is like, 
we are arguing on the side of truth. Okay, so we, I have a... We're not defending the falsehood. Do we have any online comments, Any, any anything that's, that's popped we up? We have no comments yet. Okay, no comments. Um, that's fine. I do, have, I do have a comment myself, and I'm kind of working through an idea right now. Because um, last time we talked about apologetics on the show, um, you made a comment that... We're never going to get to our topic. Mike. Not at all. Um, yeah. You made the comment that Shocker. apologetics is <laughs> often winning the argument and losing the soul. Right, yeah, that's the old adage. And it occurred to me, because I said, you know, it, I would, made the comment, well, you were saying if, if you ask them a question, you'll never get your question because they'll be afraid to lose. Losing for us and losing for them are two different things. Like It's heaven and hell. I mean, I mean more like on an earthly what your goal should be if you're evangelizing. Like winning the yeah. argument is not winning apologetics for us. Yep. If you're talking, if you're like, because I, I grew up, I was a biology kid. That was my, I still love biology. Um, like I would argue with one of my friends in college all the time about evolution and plate tectonics and bull crap. And like, his goal was to disprove what I believed. My goal wasn't necessarily to disprove what he believed. It was to explain what I believed and show him that I believe it's true and leave the rest up to God. Like winning the argument's not really the goal if you're in an argument. Is anything following someone staring at me now? I feel weird. No, no I, let I me, agree with okay. you. <laughs> yeah, no, let me, let me, let me kind of maybe try to frame it in a different way. Okay. Because like I said, it's something I'm chewing on. I'm not yeah, certain yeah. on. So when you're standing on the principle of truth, so you go to, into a conversation, you're like, I already know I'm right. Mm-hmm. Like, like in essence, not to be haughty or try to like put down other opinions, but when you go into a conversation, you're like, I already know I'm right. And I already know you're wrong. Like my job is not to make you, because people don't want to admit they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, if that's your goal, if your goal in a conversation is to get somebody to admit they're wrong, what will happen is they'll admit they're wrong and hate your guts and not want anything. It doesn't mean they accept what you said, which is, which is why the the old adage is when the argument lose the soul, because it's like I won, but, but you are so defensive and wounded and hurt. You're not going to be willing to accept what I had to say either. So now you're off to another idol. Or another explanation. Like the goal is not to win the argument. The goal, I think, and this is, and, and it's a subtle thing. And again, not to beat a dead horse, but this is the Holy Spirit. It's to plant enough seeds of doubt within their own worldview that when they leave you, it's all they can think about. It's not to put them on their heels or to make them defensive or to it's, make them feel crappy about the thing that they believe. It's to just erode it to the point that when you leave, they're like, I really appreciate that conversation, but now in the quietness of my own home, I'm now having my own crisis of faith. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you want. And you might not see that. And I think that's when you're engaged. Like, uh, let me let me kick it back to Vinny. Like, with this particular situation, which again, we're going to keep anonymous because we love this dude. And this is not the point. Absolutely. But pick up on that thought for a moment. Well, it's, it's funny because one of the, one of the things that was said when we were in DC is I don't, you know, it was in the explosion of an emotion. It was, I don't want to change. Everybody wants me to change. Everybody wants me to change. And he stormed off and he's like, I want to be, I want to be bad. I want to be bad. And, you know, he's the life of the party everywhere he goes. He's a, a big, boisterous personality. He's funny. And, uh, you know, I think his fear is that if he accepts Christ, that he has to change that personality. And me, you know, part of the stupid smile on my face when he stormed out and, and stormed through the house to leave is I was sitting there thinking, and I was like, I was like, nobody here wants you to change. I don't, you know, maybe my wife or some of the, you know, the kids that were present or his wife, maybe somebody there wanted him to change in that moment in time. But in the grand scheme of things, nobody wants him to change who he is. But when he gets through his spiritual battle and he finally accepts Jesus 100% for real this time, because I don't think he, obviously he never has, you know, he went to a church, he helped father a church, he was involved in a church, but he's obviously never accepted Christ or we wouldn't be here. 
And so when he finally does, he will want, he will be the only person on this planet that wants him to change because he'll then have the Holy Spirit. And that was kind of the reason for my silly grin when I couldn't wipe it off my face. I was just sitting there thinking that like, like you're battling all of us because you think we want you to change and you're the only one that's going to actually thirst and seek out that change when the time comes. And it was kind of a funny inside joke between me and the Holy Spirit that nobody else got. But that's actually I think a lot of I think a lot of unbelievers though, that's what they fight. They think they're gonna yeah. it's gonna change their personality right. and yeah. who they are. God made you with that personality. Yes, <laughs> yeah. and, he, and, and, he wants to take the personality, your boisterousness, yeah. uh, whatever whatever you have, your uniqueness that makes you you and make it better. Exactly. And like, so when it, he came back through the house and apologized and we hugged it out, that was finally my, my final point of the night is you don't need to change your personality. You don't need to change that you're the life of the party. The Holy Spirit is going to use that. Right. The Holy Spirit is going to use you when you allow him to. Right. You're just fighting that. Right. Because you think you want this worldly party, animal, egotistical thing but God can use that. There's somebody out there that I can't minister to that you can because of who you are, right. because of your personality. And that, I think, was where he kind of settled into the conversation and we started actually getting somewhere that night. Now, I will, I will add a, a bit of a caveat to that because I, I'm right there with you. But, you know, there, there, is, there is often the excuse of like... Um, Jesus loves me just the way that I am. Right. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, but he died on the cross to make you what you aren't. Like there Absolutely. is a, there is a component of salvation, redemption, regeneration where, you know, Paul says the old man has passed away. All things are new. Now your personality. And, and this is, and this again fits with what you're saying. I'm just adding that caveat of like, like you don't realize that you're, you're, Everything that you have all the right notes without the seasoning. You're a, a really young wine mm -hmm. that just needs to age. Like it just needs that fermentation. Like it's all there. But but it's like but the Holy Spirit will, will take those things. He'll weed out what's terrible. But he'll take those parts of you and he'll make them better. Like 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 again, you know, people will say, Well, you know, if I follow Jesus you know, my life gets lame. It's like, no, 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 no. That's the lie of hell. Your life gets much better. And, and I think and that's that was his exact point. That was his hang up is that his life was going to get lame. And I was like, dude, you have no idea. Listen, I, I don't want to, I don't want to toot our own horn, sure. but like <laughs> come to Calvary, like come to Calvary 316. Look how awesome we are. Do you <laughs> think, <laughs> listen, we are just, listen, full disclosure. We are a dysfunctional group of people everyone watching this show knows that saved by god's grace yeah even my mom and your mom yeah we are a dysfunctional grace place hi both kathy's but the point though is like like you 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 can like man when you i'll say that this this will be controversial how do I say this oh, right? Oh, no. Zach saying something. Gosh, how do I say this oh, right? Just say, I don't know. Whoa. The scary part is that he caught himself before yeah, saying no, something Yeah, no. I got to figure out how to say this. Just say it. Here yeah, we go. the spirit, boy. He said, slow down, Zach. <laughs> Partying is way more enjoyable with Christ. Amen. Oh, yeah. What, are you filling Amen. up seven wine back? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but like, no. like, again, like Jesus was a partier. Read through the Gospels. Every party you went to changed. It's because you have something to celebrate. Yeah. There's something. <laughs> boom. You could not have nailed that better. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's something to celebrate. You celebrate drunkenness? Empty. You celebrate lewdness? But empty. I, I, celebrate think that's what, I think that's the what world. Hey, real quick. The world drinks to forget. Mm -hmm. Christians can drink to remember. Mm. Right. Amen. And I, I, think that's, I think that's a confusion. A lot of non-believers who have this, it's going to change me and make me boring. No, no, no. You're confusing your personality and what you enjoy to do with your sinfulness yeah. that's giving you a false joy. Yeah, it's yeah. confusing Amen. the flesh it, with freedom. Right. Monetary joy. It's, yeah. right. it's like, hey, I want to go to a party because I want to drink and be with my friends and hang out and have a fun time. It's like, 
instead of, hey, I want to go to a party, hang out with my friends, and fellowship with my friends because I enjoy my friends. Yeah, right. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, and if there's a little drink involved, there's, yeah, so there's a little, yeah. But your one hand is like, oh, I just want to get trashed. The other hand is like, no, I want to I want to enjoy my friends. I want to have actual fellowship. Right. Like, and that's what it, that's really the only change. Now we're (laughs) running out of time. So I have to at least like for the like conclusion of the episode, like so that this all began with an interesting question that your friend posed to you about the thief on the cross and the Bible. Vinny, can you very quickly just repeat the question let me very quickly answer it, and then we're just going to get out. Yep. So the question was, do you believe that the thief went to be with Christ in heaven that day? And I said, yes, that's what we are told. And his question or his trap was, well, then the Bible's irrelevant. Yes. And that situation for that individual, as far as we know it, the Bible is irrelevant. So I would add, and I think that's a great answer, even though that might sound controversial and we don't know the background of the thief on the cross we don't know his religious heritage we don't know his upbringing we don't know if he had been resisting things that he knew was true the scriptures were leading him we we don't know anything about him other than he was nailed next to jesus and he said will you remember me and jesus said yes i will remember you um that's that's it he was saved by no works of his own by no baptism by it was by a simple made the choice in asking him in that moment too. Hey, will you remember me? It was a simple faith in Jesus. Yeah. Now to, to unpack a little bit of your answer, which I thought was brilliant is what is the, the written word exists for what intention to reveal the living word. Jesus and the word are, are, are together. We, we study, we study the written word. Why? So that we might get to know the living word. Um, I had the interesting thought in this kind of dovetails is like during the millennial kingdom, how dependent will be, will, will we be on Bible study? Mm. <laughs> I think we'll actually still be dependent on Bible study. Why? Because Jesus will not be omnipresent. He'll be on a throne in Jerusalem. Your opportunities to actually interact with the, the risen Jesus will be few and far between. Mm. Right. Now, will Jesus give speeches on C-SPAN? Maybe. I don't know how that plays <laughs> out, right? But, but, like, but we'll still have the written word to get to know the living word. Because within that context, our exposure and interactions with the living word will be, will be limited. That's why, Jesus, that's why Jesus went to heaven, so he could be our advocate before the Father. Because he knew that that was his, the best, most useful place for him to be in the spiritual realm and eternity. How dependent will we be on the Bible? I'm not, I'm not sure we'll be dependent on the Bible. Does it all. really matter? Cause it says the Bible is a living, living word anyway. So Again, it's, it's going to yeah. be the same yesterday, today. And, and it's because it forever, reveals to us so. Jesus. My point is that it's it, the intention of God's word. The prophets pointed to Jesus Genesis, the precedent of grace, uh, the, uh, the beginnings of grace. You know, you look like the law pointed to grace. It all po- Old Testament all points to Jesus, which is why we're told that Jesus, you know, was the f- Jesus didn't come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill it. It all pointed to Jesus, and then uh, everything within the New Testament points back to Jesus. It helps us understand more of Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So for the thief on the cross, bro, that's a that's closer to Jesus than any of us have ever been. Yeah. <laughs> It was a bad dynamic, don't get me wrong. But he saw Jesus. Did he need a Bible to know Jesus? No, because he saw Jesus, and he heard the word. He heard, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He saw Jesus ask John to take care of his mother. He witnessed, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That man was there in earshot. To hear to tell us die. It is finished. He heard Jesus say, Into your hands I commit my spirit. We we know Jesus died before this man because they broke his legs and he drowned in his own blood. But Jesus said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. That man didn't need the word of God. 
to be close to Jesus because he was close to the word of God. So I think your answer, Vinny, was beautiful and poignant and very theologically sound, though it came across a bit controversial in the moment. <laughs> yeah, I made my wife mad. But, <laughs> but I mean, I and, I and I will say I think he's probably a unique person in the history of the planet in that context. Yeah. But still... I think that was a great answer. So you guys, any, any final thoughts? We are about out of time. I think great episode. We didn't oh, get man, to the Mount cool. of Olives or anything no, we were going to cool. talk about. No, yeah, no, but it's a good episode. Doesn't surprise Yeah, doesn't, doesn't surprise anyone. I knew this was coming as soon as you your eyes perked up when he started talking. <laughs> I was like, I know, I know what's coming. <laughs> no, this was great, though. Hey, Kyle's prepping for uh, filling in for me on Sunday, and, and I, so I reached out to Vinny. I was like, you want to jump in? And Vinny uh, always brings a good story. It's, it's like, the Holy yeah. Spirit. That's right. Vinny and the Holy Spirit. That's right. Good best fellows. Yeah. Creighton, how you doing? I'm doing well. We actually have a couple comments. We do. Throw them in and then we'll bounce. We have one from a uh, Kathy Adams. She said, I heard that. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> that would be your Kathy, yeah, not Yeah, no, no, not your yeah, Kathy, yeah. my Kathy. Um, we also have one from Jennifer. I'm not going to read all of it, um, but she said that this, uh, this episode and the last episode gave her a lot of light and a lot of things to think about with her relationship with her daughter, which I think is awesome. awesome. That's wonderful. So, awesome. Praise the Lord. Good luck. Good. We'll be Shout praying for Jay. you and your daughter. Definitely. Um, hopefully that all works and out. And just rock that super cool V-neck you got. Yes. All right. You're up. That's it. That's, that's what we had? Yep. Let's so uh, very quick programming. We are rolling through June, and then we'll take July off again. Uh, guys, thank you so much for being with me. Uh, I'm going to hit some music here. We'll get that rolling in. If you are... Watching the live stream, again, on Facebook or YouTube, check out the podcast. On Thursday, the Outlaw Radio Show is podcasted. Uh, Google, Apple, Spotify. We have had issues with Spotify. We are working through them, so we apologize. If you run into any issues with the podcast at all, just email us uh, at PopeCrayton at gmail.com. So if you are watching the live stream, check out the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast... But have never checked out the live stream. Do that. Again, we're on Facebook and YouTube, and we'd love for you to join the conversation. Again, thank you so much for being with me. Uh, and, the, and the fellas, guys, thanks for being with me. And uh, we'll see you guys this time next week. God bless.